0: Cinnabuds, Cinnabuds, two buddies, buddies, talking about
1: about Cinema. Hey everybody, I'm Christopher Pollard from Milwaukee Film.
0: I'm Dory Zori from Radio Milwaukee.
1: And this is Cinnabuds. And this week on Cinnabuds, we are talking about the new film, Anatomy of a Fall. Tu m'as dit que t'avais entendu tes parents, maman,
0: so, as you
1: know, the
0: autopsy
1: report is uh, inconclusive about the cause of death. Stop. I did not kill him. That's not the point. Anatomy of a Fall is a French film with a German actress... Yeah, that won the Palm Door at the Cannes Film Festival this year. That's their top prize. Also (laughs) won the Palm Dog.
0: Dog like D.O.G. That's
1: right. It's a less official prize they give out for any great dog performance.
0: Oh, there was a great dog. Per- yeah. Oh, this dog performance was amazing.
1: Yeah. We're going to talk a little bit, not a lot, about that during, <laughs> during the podcast. No,
0: I'm just thinking about all the dog <laughs> moments.
1: I know. It's like, I don't know what to give away and what not to.
0: So the um, the basic idea, without giving anything away, that there is a woman who is a suspect in her husband's um, fall, which killed him. And the only um, witness is their son who ha- is seeing impaired, yes. sight impaired. And so how did this happen? Who's responsible? So it's a little bit of like a little crime whodunit. But then there's a courtroom aspect to it that yeah. I thought was also really interesting.
1: Yeah. Bit of a courtroom drama, bit of a family drama, mm-hmm. uh, and definitely suspense and mystery. Mm-hmm. Um and all kind of with a style, like kind of almost a realistic style at the same time. But the people have been comparing it to a Hitchcock, uh, anatomy of a fall sort of feels like it's reference to anatomy of a murder, which is a classic film like this. So, uh, Overall, I would say, and not even overall, I mean in most ways, I thought this was a fantastic movie.
0: I agree. A fantastic movie in most ways. And if you think you've seen a movie about this synopsis before, the way they did it is truly very different. I did enjoy the fact that this was a French film, but a lot of times with... They spoke in English, too, and it was actually part of the plot. The yeah, husband yeah. is French. The wife is from Germany. So their common language was English. But sometimes there's a little bit of subtitles in there, which always makes me feel fancy. Yeah,
1: that's right. Uh, there's a great, like we said, great family drama, but there is a great dog in it, too. We're going to talk more about that. And we'll talk about some of the acclaim that this film has been getting, where you can see it, how we saw it in the podcast. Hey, Wisconsin foodies, this is Tariq Moody of Radio Milwaukee. Join Milwaukee Magazine's food writer Ann Christensen and myself every Friday morning at 8 a.m. for This Bites, Milwaukee's longest-running culinary podcast. We talk about everything from new restaurants, pop-ups, cookbooks, events, and even an occasional interview with a local chef. Head over to RadioMilwaukee.org slash This Spites or listen anywhere you get your podcasts. All right, we're back.
0: So let's talk about the dog and the opening scene actually featured the dog, which I thought was very um, interesting choice. I usually, I don't know. Nothing is done without a purpose, and after seeing the whole film, the dog really did have a big role. Yeah, in this movie and kind of how it played out. But um I do have one fun fact that I found out about that opening scene. Oh yeah. So this ball comes bouncing downstairs, and then the dog chases after it. Oh yeah, that's right. Um, I did learn that they had to shoot that so many times because the ball kept bouncing all wild and weird and too fast, <laughs> and they had to slow it down. So they put a dog friendly glue. Substance on the ball to get it to bounce slower. <laughs> oh,
1: <really? laughs> they say don't work with animals and kids.
0: <laughs> but Unless you have edible glue. Unless you have edible
1: glue. That's <laughs> so always the case. Yeah, the dog was great. They It is, you know, looking back after seeing the film, seeing the dog in the forefront, you get it mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, great dog actor.
0: Oh, my gosh. In fact, I don't want to spoil anything, but there was a dramatic part that the dog was acting in. And I'm like, is this CGI or how do they teach the dog to do this? Um, It was disturbing. Yeah. The dog is fine. Let's just say that right now. I feel like
1: more and more these days, people just want to know, does the dog. nobody
0: cares about the dad that died as much as the dog
1: and by the way the dad dying is the plot of the film so we're not that's not a giveaway that is the whole reason the film Mm -hmm. is made is because a major person dies right away uh and then the mystery follows but everyone wants to know about the dog if he did die i guess we just wouldn't say it at all
0: right (laughs) we probably would skip this movie because i don't want to stress our animal loving friends out um the dog's name was snoop Yes, which was hilarious, but also there was a song and song that's also kind of instrumental
1: ah, to the plot, what you did.
0: which was a cover of a what P I M P song from. Doo-doo-doo. Fifty Cent,
1: oh, featuring that's Snoop. Right. So
0: that was the instrumental song that was played throughout the film <laughs> in this very important part. And yeah. the dog's name was Snoop.
1: Oh, that's clever. Cute. So that's the dog portion.
0: <laughs> no um, cat portion.
1: Sorry. <laughs> no cat portions this time. But yes, yeah, Sandra Huler is the star of the film, and she's been in a ton of stuff over the last ten years. That has been. She's. She's sort of like the Meryl Streep of Germany. She's definitely one of their most acclaimed actors. Uh, She was in Sybil, which was by the same filmmaker. Tony Erdmann, which was a big one. And I think another one I'm blanking on. But generally, she's just really, really got a lot of star quality right now. And she's already getting a lot of uh, talk for this year's Oscars, even the American Oscars.
0: I knew you would come in with some fun facts about the actors. For me, I had never seen any of these actors in any other films I could remember before. So it was kind of a fresh take, except for one, the reporter in the beginning. Her name is Jenny Beth.
1: Oh, yeah. And she
0: I saw her name on the screen. I'm like, There's not a lot of people, J-E-H-N-N-Y, Beth, and she is from the band Savages that we play a lot on the radio, so that was kind of a fun little thing.
1: Oh, that is interesting. Mm -hmm. The plot of it, it's a very plot-driven film, but the characters are just as important, and the characterization. The kid you don't see a lot of at the beginning, and then he becomes more of a fuller character as it goes on. You just learn a bit about their marriage here and there as the trial goes on. I just like how the film kind of just meets out these details as you go that really just thickens everything up.
0: Yeah. When they're going through the, the trial in the courtroom as the witnesses are sharing their stories. That's where you get to see what was actually happening. Um, you know, it's kind of like a flashback Yeah, to what led up to this accident and or murder. Um, I liked how they did that. I thought it was yeah. really engaging, kind of going back and forth instead of like revealing a bunch in the beginning and then just going into like you know SVU.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's crime, crime, crime.
0: Yeah. crime um, detective, detective, courtroom, courtroom. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Or wait, no, am I thinking of a different one? <laughs> that sounds. Is that right, how though. SVU
1: goes? <laughs> sounds very. It very was accurate. all
0: intertwined. Yeah.
1: So beyond the the obvious like family turmoil and the son is he's like, I would say, 11-ish. Yeah. He has to like now find out all this these deep secrets about his parents' relationships. I don't even know if they're deep secrets of stuff that he maybe saw too, but he heard their opinions about each other in these fights. You have all that, that layer. The interesting layer that I'm usually, on paper, not interested in, but this I found interesting, was the courtroom procedures. Yes. Because this took place in France, I believe. Mm-hmm. And seeing how, what they were able to like, like we we're so familiar with American courtroom procedures. We feel like we know how it works, yep. but there I'm like, they're allowed to interrupt and they're allowed to just address one witness, but then also look back to the defendant and talk to them. And some of the, like, and we know that lawyers can be nasty. The uh, prosecution, the guy who plays the lawyer for the prosecution. Oh man, he was just smug and like accusatory. And it felt like, if this were American procedural, people would be like, I object. You can't say you can't right. say that.
0: And he just got to say his piece. Yeah. I also found the court procedure very interesting because it was so different than what we're used to here in America. I kind of liked it. Even how the courtroom was set up, yeah. um, how everyone was sitting. But, yeah, going back to what you said about the son finding out. So, like, I would imagine I don't have kids, but, you know, you try to protect your kids when they're little from the interpersonal drama that you're that you have as parents, whether it's, you know, parents fighting or something terrible happening that you just kind of shield and protect your kid from. But what was really fascinating about this is seeing the son, um, Daniel, Sitting through all the court proceedings, hearing all these stories for the first time and kind of putting pieces of what he knew from his home life together to figure out on his own what had happened, Yeah, which was really super interesting. This
1: is very interesting. And uh, there's a moment where they have to walk Daniel through the house because he has to explain where he was when they were arguing and things like that. And he had checkpoints on how he knew where he was. And he's 11 Right. He's 11. He's visually impaired. He's doing his best after losing his father. And listening to the adults get annoyed at him because he couldn't remember exactly or maybe he changed his mind because he's like, oh, now I remember. Oh, now. And I'm like, that is a child who just lost his dad and is doing the best he can. Like you get you have a lot of empathy for him in this scenario. And I just found myself as it going on, just mad at the prosecution. It was an interesting way. Not an unusual way, but a, a very effective way to get you on the side of that child, at least. You mm-hmm.
0: know? And really, it was kind of up to him almost at the end with that when we're not going to talk about what happened at the end of the trial. But it was really up to him to I, it was his final testimony that really kind of set the stage for what happened at the end of the trial, which is a lot of pressure. Oh, my yeah. gosh. But he handled it really, really well.
1: Yeah. He was a real strong kid. Mm-hmm. Like he. Was obviously having emotional turmoil, but he was like he knew what he needed to do. The interesting thing, so I've, I heard, I read that. Uh, so Sandra Huler, who plays the mother, um, kept asking the director during the f- shooting, "Did I do it or did I not do it?" She didn't even know. And so, <laughs> at the end, I feel like you get a resolution at the end. Mm-hmm. Do you? Did you feel that way?
0: I feel that way too. I also heard and read that, and all the. The director would say is, um, all you need to know is you need to act like you're innocent. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whether or not that's how it played out is a different story. But I thought that was really interesting, too. What a fun role for that actor to have, not really knowing what the truth was. Yeah. But I do feel like they did wrap it up in a way that I felt comfortable um, with the outcome of the trial, uh, because it could really go a lot of different ways and I make people a, not yeah. like I enjoyed the movie because of that but if it would have went a different way I might not have enjoyed it as I know much. it's
1: a, there's a few different I kept thinking of like three different outcomes three or four maybe Ooh,
0: what are the three or four outcomes well, I don't want to
1: say I don't want to oh, say because okay. I don't want to give any of the f- any leads gotcha but the whole time I was like towards the end I was thinking okay so that's the answer and then I thought well whoa well, wait is it could it be something different? Up to the very... Until the credits rolled, I was not sure what was going to happen, which I love... That was my favorite thing about this movie, other than the dog. My favorite thing about this movie was, I am not going to take for granted I know what's going on until the lights come up in this theater. Yes. Because I kept thinking, oh, yeah, that happened, but this could happen now and change everything. So that was really effective to the point where I literally, at the end, when the credits rolled, I go... (sighs)
0: <sighs> you exhale. I had a physical <laughs>
1: reaction like okay, now I can now I feel like I get it. I know what's going on. I mean, you don't feel confused during it. It's it's great like a great mystery like you get the clues. Mm-hmm. You're just forming your opinion. It's going to keep changing throughout the whole movie. It feels like easily.
0: Yeah. The other thing that I thought was kind of cool and made me think about real life situations is During the trial when the prosecutor was bringing up what he thought were the reasons why the mother was guilty, like how quickly reality, a a whole reality and a whole new narrative can be told when you just take a thing that happened out of context and only tell a small bit of it. And it really made me think, man, is this movie like about, um, is this like a commentary on current news and how people share current events now? Um, purposefully, like the media, some media companies do it, so you form an opinion instead of giving all the facts right. and letting someone figure it out from there. Right. Um, but I really thought that was a good commentary on what we deal with right now.
1: I thought something similar one, especially when the courtroom scenes, how they were framing things, mm-hmm. and yeah, and uh, everyone did such a good job that I felt like because it has an almost realistic. Acting style with everybody, yeah, that it really felt like I you almost got you more invested. Like they're real people. This is actually <laughs> happening. So I really, yeah, I think I was very invested in. It's it very impressive.
0: The cinematography and the camera shots too also made it seem like maybe you were watching a real court appearance because it wasn't just dis- enough to be distracting. But there were some like shots where. Someone else is talking, but yeah. you never see their face. You're actually just looking at a different right. character. Or there was like one or two like almost like jerky zoom ins to a character who would normally you wouldn't even be focused on if right. a different group of people were talking. So I thought that was kind of interesting to how they filmed it to yeah. make it feel like you were just really getting a glimpse into these people's lives yeah. instead of watching a movie about it. <laughs> yeah,
1: If you like courtroom dramas, if you like uh, mystery, mm-hmm. and also if you just like that sort of, uh, that kind of realistic style, especially like it's a very French movie in that sense. But normally when I say that, if I'm being honest, I say it in a negative way. Ooh. The typical French style. Not <laughs> for, I have a lot, lot of French movies I love, but that kind of like, that style where it's just sort of, supernatural. not, not supernatural, <laughs> but supernatural.
0: Supernatural. <laughs> I it's oh usually natural. not like a
1: tea, but in this way, I feel like there's a little bit more a little little artsier than what mm-hmm. they I normally think of for that. But it does have that style and it was really nice.
0: And I want to go to that Airbnb on the top of the Alps somewhere
1: cuz that oh was beautiful where that, they were. Is that what it was?
0: Well, they were turning the they were turning the house into like a kind of an Airbnb that they also lived in. But yeah, part of the film was shot in the Alps, and it was gorgeous.
1: Yeah, it was like a three-story chalet. Oh yeah, and with woods and trails, Mm -hmm. it looked great. That's literally what I've been searching for lately Mm -hmm. uh, for my uh, holiday plans. There you go. I need this kind of style of a getaway. (laughs) How can I make that happen?
0: Well, you should contact the director. Maybe they'll hook (laughs) you
1: up. I should. Do you have anything like that in the way of Wisconsin? <laughs> yeah. Is what Ooh. It, yeah. I mean,
0: we've got some elevated we areas do. here. We do. I mean you the drink. Search enough, is on. Drink enough eggnog, you might think you're in the Alps.
1: Yeah. That'll be our Instagram question. Please help me plan a getaway <laughs> for a weekend.
0: Give me your best <laughs> uh, French chalet
1: <laughs> slash Wisconsin experience. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, I love it. Okay, so <laughs> we say all the thumbs up.
1: Yeah. This is one of my favorites of the year, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah, I really, really liked it too. So, and the cast wasn't that big either.
1: Yeah, um, just a just, handful of people.
0: Yeah, it's which it's quality over quantity sometimes, yeah, my friend.
1: For sure. All right. Speaking of which, it is currently playing at the Oriental Theater.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, go see it in a the theater. <laughs>
1: go see it in the theater. It's out. It just came out last week. You still got time, and it's a great theater experience. And then Edge of your seat.
0: Yeah, and then make sure you have time after to take your friend to go get some pie and talk about it.
1: Yeah, because you're gonna wanna. Any excuse for pie.
0: <laughs> right. So what else have we been oh, watching? Yeah. I'll... Start. Yeah, please do. Uh, We just dug into the new season of the animated series Big Mouth. Oh, yeah. The -the over-the-top comedy about uh, kids going through puberty. And now the kids that you know and love from Big Mouth are getting ready. They're months away from high school. (laughs) Yeah. Bigger school, more issues, more complex issues. But I just find it to be so delightful. It is gross and over the top and probably embarrassing if you're watching it with your kid of a certain age. But also just delightful to remember to laugh. Yeah. (laughs) To laugh at all these shared experiences we all have because growing up is awkward.
1: What I like about, first of all, the first two seasons of that are really just unbelievably Mm -hmm. hilarious. And... Beyond being very crass and graphic, um, which is always funny to yeah. me, uh, if done well, <laughs> but it's also talking about stuff that people aren't open to talking about often, like every, especially currently in this, like in our day and age, uh, currently, like all the stuff that teens are dealing with or talking about, uh, they talk about very blatantly yeah but it's kind of refreshing to hear it talked about at all yeah it's not even talked about delicately much less bluntly
0: (laughs) right it's a joy there's new hormone monsters in this i love so i the first couple seasons i loved there was a couple in the middle that were like hit or miss yeah but then season i think six and the one now that we're watching seven i thought much i need to get back
1: i need to try yeah
0: it's worth dipping back in and maybe even just going to season six and starting yeah
1: I'd be up for that.
0: What else have you been watching, what reading?
1: did I watch? I so I made a list on my letterboxed um, of all films that are like fictional films or biopics of famous writers because I like those. I'm book crazy mm-hmm. more and more every day to the point where I think it might be I might be getting difficult to deal with, uh, <laughs> but I need to shut up about it. But, um. So I, was just, I thought it'd be fun to like dig in and just see all the movies about authors, like biopics. So I watched one um, called The Whole Wide World from 1996, and it stars uh, Vincent D'Onofrio, a young Vincent D'Onofrio, mm. and Renee Zellweger. And he plays Robert E. Howard. So he was a writer in the 30s who created Conan the Barbarian.
0: Oh, my goodness. So he
1: wrote for all the, what they call the pulps, and all the weird tales magazines. Nice. And Conan the Barbarian was his big breakout character that he wrote hundreds, probably, of stories of.
0: And that eventually ended up on my crappy movie list starring oh, yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger.
1: Oh, yeah. We've, I think you have at least- or Dolph Lundgren? Three, well, it was How Ar- many no, Arnold for... Schwarzenegger. Okay. I think- uh, I believe Jason Momoa maybe played him once. Ooh, I, more recently. I, I may be wrong about that, but I think so. And then, did The Rock play him as well? Oh my gosh! There was a few. There's been a couple Conans in the last like decade, I think. But yeah, the the uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger ones, which I did rewatch recently. I think there's one or two of them nice uh are entertaining
0: did you what was the coolest thing that you learned about that author
1: well I wouldn't say cool uh <laughs> the tragic thing is that he took his own life at the age of 30
0: oh that's so young
1: right as his mom died from tuberculosis it was like the same day that she or she went into a coma and they said she wasn't coming out he clearly had mental health mm-hmm. issues and he so he shot himself like the oh, same goodness. day he had a so the movie, is based on a book by a woman who was friends with him for years. They had a romance, but he clearly wasn't wasn't great at that kind of relationship even though they were both clearly in love. Um so it's this very like star-crossed lovers situation. It's an okay movie to be very honest, but I just like ticking it off my list of like seeing. But it also makes me interested it actually makes me want to read the Conan stories cuz you know back then it was just like gore and sex and mm-hmm. stuff like sensationalism and just making these crazy stories and there was a very successful run of a magazine called weird tales where like uh hp lovecraft and all of these genre writers contributed to and they became very famous because of it
0: wow he had a lot of success when he was young then if he passed he away did, at 30. like
1: between like 21 i think 21 or 22 is when that kind of broke for him, so he had a good eight-year run of just writing. He never wrote a novel. That was the sad thing. He wanted to write a novel. He was planning to, and it never happened, but great movie. Uh, Vincent D'Onofrio, I always find fascinating to watch. Even if the movie's not great, I find him fascinating, so. And actually, uh, Renee Zellweger, who I don't have much of an opinion of in general. I like the Bridget Jones movies very yes. much, but I liked her in this, too. Can
0: I say that last part again?
1: Uh, the Bridget Jones
0: movies? Yeah, you like them very I much. I do like them. I love that.
1: Yeah. Uh, the first two, well, I just realized there was three. My wife told me yesterday there's a third. I had no idea. But the first, the two I've seen were great. Delightful. Oh, those are great movies. All right. Well,
0: that wraps up another episode of Cinnabuzz.
1: Yeah, thanks for listening. Mm-hmm. We'd like to thank our wonderful producer, Kim Shine. Also,
0: thank you to News for our super cool theme song. Yeah,
1: and we could not do this, nor would we want to, without the support of our wonderful members, both at Radio Milwaukee and
0: so many great movies coming out go treat yourself and see one in a theater with a friend and then go get pie after
1: get pie is the main takeaway
0: cinnabuds sponsored by pie
1: (laughs) that's right bye everybody bye